Damn, yo, if you're here for another episode of Renegade Culture, how y'all doing out there? Hey, yo, man, it's hot in fish grease. It's Renegade Culture, where you get that sucker-free politics, news, and social commentary, plus be funny as fuck when Kamau ain't here. Uh, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Yo, we culturally re- relevant. We got okay. everything going on, getting down. Don't even say nothing. Don't ah, even say nothing. Ah. Yo, this is Kamau <laughs> K. Franklin here with you. What up? Kalanji Jambachang in the building alongside... The Ear Doctor. The Ear Doctor. Yo, doctor. man. And our producer, a new, another co-producer we got, Minister Server, who's oh. off camera. Oh, with oh, a, oh, oh. Uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Minister Server is here. He's officially mm-hmm. renegade culture now. True, true. See how far our ratings go down. Oh, oh damn. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to be popping up there. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. <laughs> I know. People are like, yo, I'm leaving this shit now. Damn, it's like we're not listening no like, more. I was going to listen. Anyway, it's Renegade Culture. Um, it's been a hot week. Yeah, man. How you doing out there? You hey. just got out the hospital, man? But you got this shit on? Nah, man. I, I was in the VIP section, so uh, uh, you know we don't know anything about that because <laughs> we're <laughs> we're Kamal. Look like a little hospital thing to me, y'all. No, that know was it. real cute. Little, little COVID thing, you know what I'm saying? We're yeah. too close to that. Yeah, I went to see. Um... Watch your mouth now. Hey. <laughs> Yo, there's a lot going on in the world as usual. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. we're, gonna, we're gonna get down with a lot of hot topics today. Yes. We're going to talk about, uh, particularly our what the fuck segment, you know yes. what I'm saying? What's going on with your boy Kanye, thinking he was like high up in some pose. Kanye said he's still running, you know what I'm saying? He running like a slave. You know what I'm you saying? Know what I'm saying? <laughs> a, a free slave, the Kardashians cut his check. True that, true, true. Your boy Ice Cube is starting problems as always. Okay, you know Ice Cube, from America's Most Wanted to uh, uh, wanting to be the most American. <laughs> what's next? And we're going to have some discussion about what's happening at the polls. All that's going to be happening on the What the Fuck segment. Yes, the polls here in Georgia. Um, Six I talk, hour wait. No, it was longer crazy, than that. I talked, I talked to an elder yesterday, man. She said she was in line from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. What? So that's like, what, 13 hours? God damn, that's yeah, crazy. crazy. Yeah. I'm like, man, she was like going to overcome for real. She thought she was in <laughs> Selma 1962. I Yo. was with her though. I said, I unite with that. Yo. I know, man. Yo, people, they they trying to suppress the vote. You Definitely. know, as long as we think of it as a tactic and not our main course, our main meal, I'm down with it. But let's not think of it as too much more than that sometimes. No doubt. But the, the bulk of our show is a special guest, okay. a hip hop star. Who are we going to have on, brother? Oh, uh, man. This sister right here, she's been putting in work for quite some time. You know what I mean? She's not a, not a dope female MC, as mm-hmm. they say. She's a dope MC. You know what true I mean? That, her true. and. Her producer, you know, mm-hmm. they've been mashing it up for quite a while, and I think this one right here is the this the helicopter right here. Mm-hmm. This, this this album right here, I'm, I'm proud to say that that this one right here is like the this the takeoff. Right. Some of us are saying this album of the year. Oh goddamn, though. It's talking, the album of the year. It's yeah. album of the year. That's coming. That's coming from Renegade Culture. That's Renegade Culture. We don't had a lot of artists on here. That's true. True. We don't had a lot of platinum artists on here. That's true. But we ain't had this artist right here. Ladies and gentlemen, Side Rock will be in the building today. All right, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. Alongside Soul Messiah. Uh-huh. Word on the street, he was kind of hungry. I ain't going to tell y'all where he went. Oh. So he'll be back next episode. <laughs> but anyway, you know what I'm saying? Hey, you so, still got one more guest, too. We got one more oh. guest? We oh, got Vaz yeah. Kofi coming on. Oh, yes. How he get here? Vaz uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kofi, activist, cultural worker, musician. Okay. And as I understand, related to Walter Rodney. Oh, yes. That's okay. probably the most important thing. That's so, oh, well, we got, got I, Ross Kofi will be in the building later on. So we got a full show for you coming up on Renegade Culture. That's right. Y'all just sit back, be cool. We're coming back with a hot live uh, show with you. No doubt. Renegade Culture. Rappers are in danger. 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 Woke up this morning trying to formulate this masterpiece. 
flow is locked up till I check the blogs up for my competition and I got loops, milk, and magnesia. If you're new to my acquaintance, I'm so glad to meet you. The shot rock, no relation to the alcohol, but relationships to alcohol is closer than I like to mention. I'm in the league with greatest of all time, and so y'all forget about me for one line of cats that lag to mention. I come from a family of artists, I get honest, so I'm sensitive around the albums I feel the strongest about. You would think my cannon was my first pawn, the way I nurse pawns in the 16s so they can leave the house. And I can help but be a little spiritual since my parentals had me chanting mantras since the age of six, boy. And it's officially a freaking miracle that my credentials have been landed rock onto the greatest in this world. Every MC easily. My poetry's deep, I never felt. Saturn Renegade Culture, we back again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Live from the ATL, formerly known as Atlanta. So we call it Atlantis. We call it RBG, Rap Brown, Georgia. Shout out to Imam Jamil Alameen. Formerly known as the Black Mecca before gentrification moved in and destroyed all that shit. But no doubt. Mecca well, there, you know what I'm saying? Well, Mecca's a desert, so you know what I'm saying? True, it's all good. True, it's still, still appropriate for where we at, you know what I mean? But we bringing, we bringing, it, bringing it back to what it's supposed to be. We're going to take, take our share of it, and we're not going to never let it go kind of thing. Now, one thing we're going to start with is, is hip-hop. True. You know what I mean? Um, this next group, next artist, I mean, she now brought hip-hop back to ATL. I think All oh, Eyes is, is, is back on the A. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. Because we're going to have Sister Cyrock on. Yes. And she's yes. going to be breaking it down about her history, her career, her latest album. Um, so we want to start by just saying, hey, Sister, how are you doing? I'm good. How y'all doing? Cool in the game. It's been, been a minute. We ain't seen you rocking in, in, in quite a while. We know you've been lighting it up around the globe. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's good good to see you back on the soil. How's it going for you? Uh, everything's good. You know, just dropped the album last week. And um, it's weird, though, because, you know, normally I would be touring and doing shows and stuff. Uh, but, you know, with this new reality that we're living in, um, all that stuff is, is drastically changed. Um, and the energy feels different. But the reception has been good. And I'm excited. I'm excited that it's been a long time um, since I started the album and, and when I dropped it. So I'm excited. I feel like I, I done gave birth to a whole baby. Word, word. So the, the new joint's called The Sharecropper's Daughter, right? Mm-hmm. T- tell tell yeah. us about that concept. We're going to get into some of the other stuff, but definitely, you know, tell us about the whole concept of The Sharecropper's Daughter. So basically, this album was, I wanted it to be like a sonic reflection of like my journey into myself, you know, as a woman and as an artist. And, you know, we always have to look back in order to see what, how we frame our perspective and our future. So my biggest, one of my biggest um, influences is my father. And he grew up in Virginia and Maryland on a tobacco farm, sharecropping with his family. And a lot of that history was like passed down to us and it really kind of shaped how we saw the world and how he was intentional in raising us and i wanted to reflect on how like his and my upbringings were you know a generation apart and seemingly so different like i i came up in dc during like the crack era and all of that and um there were different challenges that we faced as a community but it just kind of reminded me that so many things hadn't changed. You know, it was just the same old, same old thing, just a different year, you know? Um, So the album is about, you know, my journey grappling with those things, my journey 
processing it. You know, a lot of times we think about, you know, this, we talk about this generational trauma, mm. but the whole intention with my, this album is to transform that trauma into triumph, you know, and dig through some of the, the painful stuff and, um, and find, you know, that, that those jewels, find the, the, the lessons that will allow me to go forward and continue to work to, to shift the culture and, and reframe and reshape our familial legacy. Now you've always, your whole style, you've always carried yourself in a, in a um, for lack of better words, a cultural, culture type way, right? We understand growing up in DC, you were part of an African shul out there, um, African Senate school. And, uh, and and that was kind of the up, upbringing, more or less. Uh, how has that affected your work as a whole, just coming up with a level of consciousness? Uh, your name is Asada. You have a, a heavy, heavy shoes to, to, to fill, and you've been carrying it pretty well. How, how does this, how has it impacted what you're doing musically? Um, honestly, it just, <clears throat> it really helped to foster a commitment to the people, you know? and the art that I create is an extension of me in the upbringing, in my upbringing and understanding that, you know, we need these messages of empowerment and we need these messages that continue to bang on the system. And we need messages that, you know, tell us about who we are, you know, and tell our stories and um, represent us in a way that, you know, might not get like that widespread recognition. So like, it's important for me to continue that work, you know, granted in a different way, cause I had so many like creatives and, you know, teachers and educators and stuff that poured so much into me. Like, it's almost like an imperative that, you know, I do that through my music. And it's not even like something like people feel like, or ask me like, was that intentional? It's not even a choice. It's just like, it's just like water, you know? It's how I was raised to have this dedication and loyalty to the community and finding ways to uplift us through the music and culture. And that's just what I do. How'd you get started in the game? How'd you get started, like, how did you develop your talents as an MC? And when did you know that that's what you wanted to do with your life? Um, Super late, I had dropped <laughs> out of college. <laughs> Didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Decided to move to Atlanta uh, to get a new start. You know, I always like dabbled in creative expression. Like I was always doing something with uh, drama. I thought drama was gonna be like my thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I always wrote um, and like we grew up in my house in my school listening to, you know, Last Poets and Gil Scott Heron and Nikki Giovanni and, you know, uh, people like that. So like the the, oral word was like it weighed heavy and then when I discovered hip-hop you know that continued the love for the craft and writing um but I never explored doing anything hip-hop related until I got to Atlanta um several years in I I had met Soul Messiah producer DJ <clears throat> and uh he I was in his studio and we were listening to to music and he had he was making these like um beat CDs and he had given me one and I would like just listen to the beats and like think about ways I could like spit my poetry, which I wrote mm -hmm. to his music. So I was in the studio one day and like, you know, I always tell people, you know, we be vain. Like we want to hear ourselves recorded. How would I sound? We, we might not have ever had an interest in anything, you know, music related or whatever. But when we have a chance to be in the studio, we'd be like, okay, I'm gonna get on this joint. Mm -hmm. So um, 
I decided to record one of my poems to his beats. And he was like, oh, okay, well, hold up. This, you know, you're not bad. And he was surprised because like he's worked with several MCs over the years. And his big thing is like being able to stay on rhythm, stay on beat and, and have a cadence. And I had that and he was surprised because I'd never done it before. So he was like, try that again. You know, and so we recorded some other stuff. And that eventually turned into my first EP. Now, is it true that you went to Howard for biology? Because your lyrics is like a biology course. I did go, <laughs> I did go to Howard uh, as a biology major, wow. a, a drama minor, my whole thing. I was going to be, I vacillated between, you know, different uh, concentrations. I was going to be a doctor first. Then I went to uh, play around with a cadaver. And then I said, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Then I was like, okay, zoology, you know, or veterinary science, something like that. Then that turned into uh, conservation biology. Um, so it just kind of like developed into a lot of stuff. Science is, has always been um, a love of mine. And so, yeah, you definitely can hear some of that influence in my music, um, for sure. Now, is it, is it true? I heard, I heard one more thing. Is it true that you did a song with Kalaji? Oh, <laughs> what Kalani? We, 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 we did a song with him. We, 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 what did y'all do? We, we did. 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 I heard. We got. I, I I heard from somebody. Excuse me. We we have a song with my did. voice sample. Let's get this oh. get this correct. They, they, they try to front like I was rapping. We if we, we did a, to front. if we did a song rapping. It would have went platinum sis, already. Sis. You already knew that. Oh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> so y'all, y'all dubbed his voice in later. Nothing like he didn't do no studio rhymes with you. So that's just yeah. to be clear. Hey, Sarah, don't, don't don't listen to them. There's stories being they, told. They, they both came, just they both just got out of rehab. Don't even worry about it. I picked them up on the way here. Anyway, that was corny. Now, <laughs> today, hip hop. You know what I mean? I know that um, you know, you're out there. You um. You've been rocking with some heavyweights, some legends, and at the same time, it's a lot of uh, other MCs on the on the spectrum that's sprouting up. Um, it's a lot of what? I'm sorry. Other MCs. Uh, oh. I guess could we call them MCs? MCs. I think a lot of these rap rappers, rappers. more or less. <laughs> you know what I mean? How do you uh, maintain? You know, I mean, I, I know we talked about the whole education uh, perspective, but we're noticing on the new album you have folks like Black Thought, Lettuce. Um, Chronics, um, Styles P. Styles P, Saul Williams. These are lyricists, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, and, and, and you said you came in the game late. How is that, uh, how, how have you maintained that balance and still been able to come with strong, relevant material that, that exists on both sides of the uh, equation, not just on, you know, it's not just a, a, an album that the old heads can listen to. It's folks that, you know, it's, 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 it has balance. How have you been able to maintain that? Um, I mean, just constantly working, you know, constantly trying to be creative. Like, I think for me, because I came in kind of late and then my experience had been, you know, I, when I came, when I started rhyming in Atlanta, I was around all these people who had been rhyming since they was like 10 years old and stuff. And I was like, oh God, how am I, how, how am I going to compete? Well, not even compete, but like, how am I going to, you know, uh, keep up really. Mm -hmm. And um, so it made me work harder. 
uh, it made me make sure my my pin game was always sharp and always find finding ways to level up my skill set you know playing around with different flows cadences different tempos that i'm not comfortable with and trying to do singing and stuff like that and so i'm always like listening to you know well not always but i try to listen to things that are current i try to challenge myself i try to explore you know different styles of music so i never get stagnant i never get comfortable and so and i don't rest on you know the things that you know i learned 10 years ago you know i i'm always trying to um uh just do something new i'm always trying to just explore you know new avenues and stuff so i think that that is important to to stay relevant if you're always trying to grow if you're always trying to improve on the design mm -hmm. you know and that's been real key for me now as a sister in the game uh you know we had a show about this a few weeks ago that black women in particular face a lot of issues in the hip-hop game like you know having to deal with patriarchy and sexism um, how do you feel like you've maneuvered through or have you had any problems um, in terms of, uh, you know, some of the folks that you've uh, had to work with or whatever? Um, do you feel like the door is opening up for more women MCs uh, than in the past? Or do you still think there's a lot of barriers for a woman MC to sort of get, get the word out and get as much attention as her male counterparts? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely obstacles that we still face, but for me, like, um, I definitely feel like my my journey would have been um, a lot shorter if I were a male MC, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, I think that if I had like adopted that formula for a, a successful female MC of what she what that's supposed to look like and sound like, my career would have been um, on the fast track. Um, so I think that there are still blockades and barriers in place, but I think that there are more people who are looking for more balance in the game, that are looking for more representation, more voices from women. Um, and, you know, there have been some real stars that have broken through like Rhapsody, you know, this year, Che Noir is, you know, you know, being talked about. And um, so people just want more, you know, I feel like there are still those who want like that, that kind of like status quo, that kind of empty, you know, vapid kind of hip hop mm -hmm. or rap, um, but, there are more and more people who are kind of rejecting this idea that women only talk about one thing or, you know, that, that there's, there's only room for one or two women in the game. Like we're like demanding that these doors are opened up and a lot more women are being audience members, like supporters are being more vocal about that and sharing it. And with social media and stuff, it makes that easier for us to, to have that visibility. So it's shifted, but there's still tons of work that needs to be done. We're gonna um, come back with more Cyrock mm -hmm. and a few ticks. We're gonna come back, talk a little politics and also talk about what's going on yeah. on the album. You know, talk about some of the things that's, that's happening currently in society, particularly with women and, and you know, race and all that good stuff. And, um, you yeah. know. And get Cyrock's opinion on it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And now that we know for sure that she didn't waste her time trying to rhyme with Kalaji, <laughs> she's, a, she's a good friend of the show. She's a good friend of the hey, show. Hey, Rock, listen, let me I'm tell saying. you something. I know, yeah. you, I know you didn't want to come here today because you heard that these cats is weird. I understand <laughs> that. You know what I'm saying? The rumor's true. That's why I'm sitting over here. You know what I mean? Don't trip. You came on anyway. 
It's all right. We're going to be all right. I got him a doctor's note. They good. Uh, renegade coach, y'all. We're going to be right back. Yeah. Block out. My story. When I was 17, I thought I'd rule the world. But now the only thing I'd like to do is move the world. And prove the girls can do it just as good or even better. So I'm going to make my mark in this rap game and leave it better. And weave these letters into masterpieces. Breathing relics that tell my story so completely. A piece of me will haunt you till you flaunt my legacy to everything you cherish. Because I'm not a ghostwriter. I'm bones, blood, and flesh. Now let me clear my throat so I can get this off my chest. Development arrested with no speech to leak to press. Just been suffering in silence since I was conceived, I guess. So now I just spit, drool, and let saliva drip. Onto the mic until my microcosmic life exists Inside your psyche where hyperbole and hype Forgets the difference between a poser and poetic licenses Can you see me now or are you blinded by the light again? See, I'm a little different They might understand me, damn it, if they just listen Don't need no Grammy, hand me Zulu beats and my fans' attention And we can change the world, wait, and I forget to mention That I'm a rebel, rebel, rebel Yeah, I'm a rebel, rebel, rebel I'm a rebel, 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 rebel Saturday Renegade Culture, we back in the place to be. You know what I'm saying? Uh, would you, don't be stepping on my line. I always go first to second. You're third. Anyway, this is Kalanji Jamachanga. I'm here with Kamal two of the slowest one. Oh, I'm sorry. Stepping on my lines again. You know what I'm saying? Line again? Kamal K. Franklin. And okay. The Ear Doctor. Now nah, he's slow as a motherfucker. <laughs> slow a beat. I thought you were going to do the bum stickly. There, you know what? You got a bum scooter. So, so, you know, we got a theme song. No, we don't. That uh, I think you might want to put this on your album next time. <laughs> no, you don't. Just like as an interlude or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's about to, you know what I'm saying? You ready? You, you, ready for you it? think about being suicidal oh, singing this? I hear all of this. All right, it's, it's, it's short, but it's, it's, I invented it. I invented it. The yeah. R, the E, the N, the E, the G, the uh-uh, A, uh-uh. the D, the E. It's Renegade. Word up. Gay culture. Word up. Boom. How you like that? You like that? Rights, royalties come to me. I don't know. I was a lawyer to meet our. Sorry, like, who the hell booked this interview with me? Anyway, <laughs> we live and direct. This is Klein Jamachang alongside my man. Um, we did that. Crack ten, pipe Steve. Ten seconds ago. And anyway, we're back with Cyrock. <laughs> and she probably wondering who in the hell left the gate open. Anyway. So, sis, we understand that you just came off a tour, a, a woman's tour, right, with uh, you, Rhapsody, and some other artists. How did that, how did that go down? How, was, how did that feel out there, particularly in this environment? <clears throat> um, it was really dope. Um, we started, you know, of course, not knowing anything about, you know, COVID or anything like that. And um, it was, we had, me and Rhapsody had done a show or two before. Um, so I was familiar with her and, um, you know, we were cool. And I was grateful for the opportunity because I was her direct support. There was another woman who's on Jamla. She's, uh, she does like R&B and soul. And she was on the um, tours where, well, Heather Victoria. But it was real chill. It was like family, you know, we were both in each other's dressing rooms and, stealing snacks and you know buying tea for each other and stuff and it was cool to see um how you know there was there were a lot of similarities in the way that you know parents were bringing their their daughters and they were being the front of the stage you know just on every word and excited to see you know an artist that they could see they could listen to the lyrics they could sing the lyrics along of course we had to adjust our little curses and stuff Mm -hmm. when the little babies was in front but it was just cool. It was it was a great vibe, and um, you know the opportunity to kind of to travel the country 
with, you know, real family type of feel was dope. And then it was like, it was cool because it also was um, a slap in the face to those people who would be like, oh, women together, they're gonna be on some diva stuff. You know, they're gonna be jealous of each other, blah, blah, blah. It was nothing like that. You know, we were always watching each other's shows, giving each other support and all of that. So it was dope, but towards like the, uh, maybe two thirds of it, we started like every time we would leave a city, the city would shut down. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah. And then it got us all paranoid. Like I had a cold at one point during the tour. I was like, oh my God, did I have COVID? <laughs> you know? Then, uh, you know, paranoid and stuff. I didn't, by the way. But um, it was an interesting climate because usually after the shows, like, you know, I'm at the merch booth and, you know, I'm talking to people, I'm hugging people and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But that kind of had to shift. And um, eventually we ended up doing all of the shows except for the last one, uh, which was like her home show which was unfortunate but i was glad that we were able to do the majority of the tour mm -hmm. yeah now going through the different towns you're a vegetarian right uh-huh vegan okay vegan how do you find places to eat in all these different towns especially when it's hard to Vegan food is everywhere really? everywhere yes in the most obscure you know, well, not obscure, but like you thinking, you know, places, areas where you think is like all super meat centric yeah. and meat heavy and stuff from Salt Lake City to Germany to, you know, South America to like all these other little places in the States, these mm -hmm. small little Alabamas and stuff. There's always tons of vegan food. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that the awareness is just growing now and people even like if people aren't like fully plant-based, people are now aware of like the importance of incorporating that into the diet. So more and more people are catering to that. And you can find some good food. You be in some weird, like, uh, you know, somewhere in Portland or something like that and find somebody's mama that is cooking some greens, some soul food and stuff. So it's um, yeah. easy, well, see, very easy. The ear doctor is a pigatarian, so <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, not, it's hard for him to find he asked you like how do, how do y'all find lettuce i bet you saw ain't make it back yet did he <laughs> <laughs> with the slow uh, yeah slow, slow vegetarian oh disparage black businesses <laughs> on this I love black businesses. no, no man we don't but do we, that here no but we keep it real sometimes too though right. we gotta keep it real these two they gotta speed that shit up a little bit anyway you talk you're talking to two cats to eat popeyes Every week, so oh, you know that's, oh, that's a whole other story. Yeah, but we ain't gonna say Popeyes on the air because they ain't supporting us. Anyway, um, right now, climate-wise, you know, what I mean, you mentioned the whole COVID situation. We know we're in this whole Trump era. You got folks jumping out shoes and socks, talking about if you don't bite for, vote for Biden, you ain't black. I think Biden said that. Biden you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> you have uh, so little choices or whatever. What's your take on the whole electoral politics piece right now? Are you going to stand in line for 18 hours or what's the situation? Um, well, I didn't, I submitted for my little absentee ballot thing. Okay. Um, so that I can do that beforehand. But I think that the, the thing that is flawed is this idea is that all you have to do is vote, right. you know, right. when there's so much more that we have to do to galvanize and build within our communities. Um, as far as not only just supporting businesses, supporting our businesses, circulating our dollars within the community, but forming collectives where we're buying the block and, yeah. you know, we're, you know, going to these local, you know, 
policymakers and and demanding things, you know, because I think that we sometimes become so absent, you know, because we're, of course, um, disillusioned with a system that has continuously failed us, that we don't realize we do have power in, you know, these local politics and we can make demands. And we also can bolster our picks and put them in place. If we decide that we're going to back a particular candidate that is representative of the community and the ideals that we're aligned with, we can do that. And that's how we can also take an active role as well. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping my little um, absentee ballot will come in the mail because I'm not trying to um, <laughs> I'm not trying to be in nobody's line for no eight hours. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. unfortunate because, you know, we are forced into this position of choosing between the lesser of two evils. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I know that there's a lot of like progressive parties and stuff that are pop, pop, uh, cropping up. And during like my touring and stuff, like I, I saw that um, many other countries have multiple parties. Like in, in Berlin, there's even like a hip hop party, which is so dope. And I think that that could be an idea for us, you know, to get a party together. You know, the same way these little racist, you know, so-called white supremacists are creating these parties and, and getting support behind their base. We need to do the same thing, you know, and, and amplify mm -hmm. our platforms and amplify our needs. So, um, yeah, I just feel like that it's, it's, it's problematic to say, oh, you only have to vote or just vote because, you know, your ancestors or your elders sacrificed. Yeah, yeah. There's so much other that other thing. There's so many other things that come into play, and it enforces this idea of like complacence and inactivity. We need to be out here beating the streets. We need to be out here building and growing, and you know, along with that, you know, if that's your choice. Now, speaking of that, we understand that you have a following called the Goddess Gang. That's your version of the Beehive. Um, <laughs> that uh, you know, do you do you feel like this following, um, in addition to like just supporting your music and your culture, some of the things that you said, do you think you're going to release them on the public to be like, you know, let's let's start talking about some of these issues that you just spoke about, like how do we um, su sustain our own communities, how do we take care of ourselves, how do we think outside the box, because um, it feels like you're about to be in a powerful position in a larger community as an artist, right? How do you feel about that responsibility? It can be, uh, it can be, it can feel, you know, trepidatious at times. Like for me, like I'm not, I'm shy. Like Kalanji know, like he know me outside of this, this rap thing, you know. Um, so like I'm, I'm naturally, you know, I'm just kind of a reserved person. And, um, you know, I find that I speak the loudest and speak with the most clarity through my music. And, you know, that's important for me to make sure. I mean, because hip hop is so influential and so impactful globally and it has such a potential to be able to change people's minds, change people's um, trajectory that, you know, my intention is to just put these things in the music. I don't know for sure if I'm going to task people with particular things, but I, you know, I'll continue to speak my mind and speak up about things that matter and are, are important, like social justice issues. And, you know, but because my platform has widened, some things I feel like are um, for our ears only, 
You know what I mean? Like I wanna, I don't necessarily wanna have every conversation publicly. I think with social media, people say too much sometimes and reveal too much about, you know, the course that we're plotting, you know, and then people get, people who don't need to be in the conversation be getting in the conversation. And that kind of diverts our attention and direction um, from our tasks. So like some things, yeah, I feel comfortable talking about things that are, you know, that are, can affect everybody nationally, but other things like when we talk about like hunkering down and doing things that are specific to, you know, getting people involved in think tanks and like all of that, sometimes those need to be done in smaller, you know, very private, you know, conversations and meetings that I don't think needs to be, everything doesn't need to be public. Let's talk about the album. You got Saul Williams, Black Thought, Legacy, Styles P, Chronics. What's the process? How, how we do that? That right there, you're talking about <laughs> lyricists. You're talking about, about a lyrical fucking onslaught right there. You know what I mean? I'm sorry that I, I, I wasn't available to rhyme on your joint. Don't worry yeah, about I it. I called you. I called you and you tried to play me out. I'm now, still here though. I'm here. Don't worry about it. They hate us. <laughs> you need security? Was that it? You um, some security help? You know, you know it, it, a lot of that came about through relationships and collabs I'd done throughout the years. Um, for example, like the Lettucey thing, I had done a track with Lil John Roberts called uh, Get Right. Okay. Yeah. And um, she had heard that track because I guess they knew each other or worked with each other. And he told me like, oh yeah, she she's really digging it. And we ended up like corresponding online. <clears throat> and I, I had to shoot my shot and you know, I would love to have you on the album, whatever. And because she respected what I did, she um, hopped on it. And it happened like that for a lot of the other artists too, like for Chronics, when Forever, my song Forever came out, like he actually hit me up and was like, yo, like you're dope. Mm. And of course, when he came to Atlanta, I was like, yo, let's do a song together. <laughs> you know, uh, closed mouths don't get fed at all, but it helps that, you know, to have a mutual admiration for people whose who's, uh, talent you respect. But Thought was the one person that I had, I had already established a long-term relationship with um, professionally um, one year uh, 2014 I believe at an A3C um, he actually was really good friends with a mutual friend of um, or a friend of Messiah's and uh, she's my friend too but uh, so she she's like super like she's one of those people that you want on your team like she will tell whoever like scream from the rooftops anything you got going on so like she was constantly been like yo you need to check out Cyrock you need to check out Cyrock and so when he came to Atlanta, he was like, okay, what's up? You know, we bet. And because Black Thought is like an MC's MC's, he came up where you gotta, you know, you gotta get tossed in the fire to prove yourself to, you know. He called me up on stage, not me, not knowing, I didn't had no idea. Whoa. This man was gonna call me on stage. I wasn't ready. I wasn't even near, I was like, you know, I wasn't even, I didn't even have access to be on stage. I had to like prove to security, I'm Cyrock, he just called me, you know? And so um, I, run up I run on stage and um, it was funny cause he had mad skills out of Virginia on stage and his his uh, DJ for that moment, Jay period on stage. And so I go up and I'm, you know, spitting 
and my I didn't I didn't get a chance to like adjust my levels or anything and I have kind of like a light voice so no one can hear me they weren't even paying attention I was like oh no I'm not gonna be on stage with black thought and he's not paying attention to me because that's everything you it's one thing to like be dope on the on record but you got to prove yourself on stage so I was like cut the beat cut the beat told him to cut the beat and spit that joint acapella and heads just turned around like yo like and I saw from that moment that I had his respect and from that point on he invited me to be on shows I performed with the roots you know several times um and so and I got to do like a this this tribute show for him or whatever but um anyway I instantly knew that I wanted him to be on this particular track Black Renaissance I wanted something that really like showcased lyricism real lyricism because we're about elevating the craft you know and he's one of those people that you know, that's his goal. I'm gonna get sharper and sharper. I'm gonna get better and better. And y'all, none of y'all gonna see me. So that's what we want to do with that track. And uh, I think people are really like resonating with that one. Yeah. I mean, this is a great month. His album drops tomorrow, I believe. Yep. So mm-hmm. I mean, your album, his album. I want to ask you this. If if we was to know Asada out of all the songs you have, what song would we listen to to really know Asada? Like, let us know who you are. Oh man. You know, did you come up with a good question? I'm surprised. <laughs> huh? That's a good one. Now I gotta think about all of the tracks on there. I mean, all the most. I don't know. Like maybe. Forever. Yeah, but maybe forever. That's what I'm thinking because, you know, the other ones. You know, they'll talk about some of the, some of the some of the ways that I view the world and my perspectives on certain things. But forever, like was one of the one of those tracks that really like shared you know the most vulnerable part of who i was as a person a lot of the other songs deal with like me as an artist like how i move through this industry as an artist but like that one i feel like is the most reflective of me very dope so during this COVID crisis how do you push to get the album out right like what's what what's the you can't go tour right now Mm-hmm. Um, how are you guys working to make sure that people get to hear this music, um, they get to purchase it and all the rest of it? Where can they go even to, to download and to get a track? Um, Sarock.com. Um, but I think the good thing about it is that people are forced to be inside. So they're looking for things to be entertained with, you know, from IG lives to music. They're scouring the streaming sites and stuff like that. So people are already kind of like primed for that. So all the streaming sites are going crazy, you know, with listens and stuff like that. Um, But, you know, we sent like stuff to DJs and, you know, record stores and all that stuff still. And then, you know, selling the stuff on the site. So, um, man, I I complain about how much we're getting raped by these um, streaming platforms, but it definitely helps to expose, get the exposure out there, you know? You, you mentioned earlier, you said a closed mouth don't get fed. So I'm asking, we get like two bars. Can we do that? Is that, that, is that at all possible? Uh, J- two J- bars. I mean, it ain't got, it don't have to be two bars. It could be 16, that was me. That's me, that me, that me working my way into that mouth without being greedy. You know what I'm saying? Uh. Let me see. Yeah. Sarah, Cats over here scared to ask. They like, Sarah, 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 please Sarah. don't do that. How about that? <laughs> uh, 
And, maybe, and you know, and then after you do yours. It's like a rose by any other name is still a rose. And the sturdiest can breach to the granite from which it grows. Then I suppose that I'm destined to shock the globe and that electrifying use to describe me is apropos, woman. Try to track the city bury error. Where they might have shot you, left you simmering in your marinara. And where them conga drums is rooted in Ghanaian firm terror. Gentrifies try mute to be that freaking acapella. Got my formal education from my bloodline, that's Ivy. Came up in the heart of cocaine 80s, bruh, no ID. Life was mostly bitter with a little bit of sweet. I had to concentrate to get all of this juice. Guess that's high C. See, they can never break my resolve, homie, I meant that. The simple baby guess that it's destined through my ascendant. I tend to keep a chunk of some crystalline on my pendant. I'm listing sunny, I'm landing these hits for maximum impact. Yeah, you see it, this big uterus energy. The ones that try to play me, them pricks usually enemy. See, they intimidated because she's stupidly gifted. And if you out of order, I show you the sheer brute of my entropy. Right. I told y'all I knew Sir Rock. I told y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Yo, good, good shit. Thank you. We appreciate Yo, Renegade Culture, we appreciate you for coming on, Sidewalk. We really thank you. Your lyrics are dope. Your album is hitting the streets. What's the name of the album again? The album is The Sharecropper's Daughter, right? That's right. And we yes, can pick yes. it up where? We can pick it up on Sidewalk.com. Boom. And also, uh, what's that? Rhyme Says as well? or? Yeah, rhymesays.com and all streaming platforms. All streaming platforms. We everywhere. Platform. We out here. Right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. We appreciate you. We're going to be bumping your shit through Renegade Culture. Forever, ever, and ever, and ever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, call me next time you want to do that full EP. <laughs> it's all good, right, I got right. you. Well, I need a hot 16. I got you. <laughs> if six, when 16 ain't enough, well, somebody, anyway. Somebody sell you weed, I don't know. <laughs> all right, Renegade Culture, we be back, yo. Be safe, Peace. salute. Peace. 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 Black and intelligent, a cerebellum heavy like a gadlin. Fiction, I got a whole crew that'll murder you, mathematically subtract your existence. High priest in white robes, moonlight and street clothes. Dropping more signs like the last benediction. Shift on them devils with seven connecting medals. We on the 11th level, try to catch us. Wishing. The fifth dimension, high power thesis. Black God had me on your peace like I'm Jesus. Resurrect the game in 48 bar releases. Don't watch me take the throne beside Messiah and the kingdom. Cause I greet with peace, don't mean the battle gon' be easy. I got goons, divining runes, and moons under the geezer. Carving out the glyphs of my legend on my stealer. Stop, I'll take the mic and turn the echo in the ether. Big A culture. Yep, to be that, ba boom, boom, ba bap. Uh-oh. Yeah. Was that what you was going to lay that down for, for Sister Syrock? Nah, for your mother. This is oh! <laughs> Black out, black out. Black, black, black. Anyway, I'm Kalani's Jama Tang alongside. Fuck that bitch. Yo, it's Kamal K. Franklin and. The Ear Doctor. You know what I'm saying? We live and direct. Yo, this is the What the Fuck segment. It is. I'm saying there's a lot of shit. WTF. Oh, thank you, brother. What if that. the fuck if? You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of shit going on as always. A whole out the lot world. of shit going on. So we're going to start with uh, this. Oh, before you go there. What happened, brother? Syrah. Uh huh. We got the Fresh 16. That shit was dope. That shit was dope, B. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? When, I, when I asked about it, y'all try to front me off like, like we just supposed to like, oh, blasphemous. Nope. Anyway. Back to what the fuck we talking about. Is this, this is Renegade oh, culture. Pro- we give you props? Yeah. I know. It's, like, it's always like the self-compliments right and shit like that. I'm way right here. All right. Uh, uh, bird chirps. Beep, 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 beep. All right. Next. <laughs>
Anyway. Yo, so there's a lot going on in the world. You said that. I know. I'm trying to get back because you, you interrupted my flow, nigga. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so we wanted to start off because the polls now, the lines are getting long and long. Polls line longer than a motherfucker. So people today, as you know, this is uh, people today were waiting for six hours. Six hours. To come out and to vote. Early voting has started. Um, and so we already 13 know. Hours 13 hours yesterday. 13 hours somebody waited? In Georgia. Damn. So you know we know now that you know, and this is something we don't, we haven't exploited too much so far this election, but you know the Republicans are now in full. Let's fuck up this election mode. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So they got, they got, they got things happening out here, here in Georgia and all over the country to try to stop folks from going out and and expressing their constitutional rights and voting for the lesser of two evils. But check it. This is some ill shit right here. First and foremost, you ain't even got no fucking body to vote for. That's number one. Secondly, motherfuckers still want to start you out to make sure that the bullshit still remain bullshit. If you're going to have some bullshit, at least use that motherfucker as a fertilizer. <laughs> this shit ain't producing shit. Shout out to Ross Kofi, the farmer, you know what I'm saying? True that, well. fertilizer. fertilizer. <laughs> but any fucking way, these bastards still got our brothers and sisters out here and elders out there on the, on the line. Got them out there for hours, 13 hours. I heard uh, some elders talking about how they had set out there from 8 o'clock in the morning to 11 o'clock at night. Mm. Where the fuck they do that at? Oh, in racist antebellum Georgia. That's right. Yes, That's and, right. And, and in current Georgia. Mm. You know what I mean? So um, for those of you who are out there, you know, they have these absentee ballots, and really, to be honest with you, you really can't put no faith in that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, we absent anyway when it comes to political power here in America. You know what I mean? So perhaps we could practice yeah. uh, being present. Yeah. I mean, in, and people are moment. scared. I understand people are scared that the absentee ballot <clears throat> um, you know, Trump was trying to mess with the postal service yeah. earlier. And, you know, and even though this, you know, people like us a lot of times see that there's not that big a difference in the parties. But for them, they're fighting for what, you know, real power, real control. Right. And to put their own agendas in place, even though their agendas have a lot of similarities for them, it's all about which one of us gets to put those things and the power into the place. So we know that Trump is really going to be putting his foot on it to try to stop folks from voting, for trying to fuck up the vote. Um, and, and like Brother Kalaji said, you know, we wish folks well, um, but we can do what we can do to help support folks in terms of ex exercising their constitutional rights ourselves. Um, but 13 hours on the fucking line is, yeah, is voter that, suppression that, at its height. I mean, okay. it's, it's straight voter, voter suppression. And it's unfortunate because of the fact that they got you trying to decide if you want fucking Trump to chump or low and Joe, low, lying ass Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, you know, I know the countdown is now it's less than 30 days on the quote unquote election trail mm -hmm. left. Um, I'm, I'm concerned with some of you all because of the fact that, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's going to be an upset. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Either way, it's going to be upset. You making a prediction? You making a prediction? I'm just saying, either way, it's going to be upset for us because yeah. of the fact that it's going to be some fucking criminal crackers in office yeah. regardless. But I think that many, many folks are, are, are talking about trying to get Trump out. And, and that's that's a good temporary uh, strategy mm -hmm. or plan, but in the long run and in the grand scheme of things, we're still dealing with global white, suprem white supremacy. That's right. And um, you know, we still got to deal with this regime, no matter what regime it is. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So we're trying to decide if we want, uh, as you mentioned earlier, Luther, Lucifer or Satan. Mm -hmm. You know, either mm -hmm. way, we're gonna catch hell. Yeah, either, you know either it's overt white supremacy or covert white supremacy. Yeah. But you know, so you know, earlier we had a hip hop artist on. And hip hop is now trying to t play a bigger role again in politics, but sometimes <coughs> people get shit wrong. Mm. So your boy Kanye West apparently um, thought that he was, I think, second in a poll in Kentucky, 
And as we found out, and as Kanye found out, uh, it wasn't even a real poll. Right? No, wait. See, y'all you, got it messed up. We got it messed up? Yeah, because you, he, you got he, it straight from Minister Service? Actually, not, not from Minister Service. Uh -huh. He was actually number two on the poll, but he's talking about they, they fucked it up. In a strip club, his song oh. was number two <laughs> when he was pole dancing. That's what the fuck. He, that's he must that's, that's happened, my he bad. He confused that shit. You know what I'm saying? We talking about Magic City. He talking about the city of, the city of fucking Louisville or whatever. I mean, yo, when you know this motherfucker just got the uh, Billboard uh, Gospel Album of the Year, too? Uh, hallelujah. Crazy. It's okay. crazy. It's Look, crazy. Who in the hell left the gate open? So anyway, um, I mean, I mean, listen. I mean, motherfucker, I mean, Kanye deserved best gospel album. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Because he made Jesus walk. He said he ain't never true, going to hell. True. You know what I'm saying? So Jesus there you go. I think it's the last time I listened to Kanye was back with Jesus walks, yo. Oh yeah? So and and, and what I would consider drowned fucking with Kanye. God go damn no, yo. Anyway. He drowned in Jesus and shit. <laughs> so the major thing I think that's been happening this week around hip hop and the elections is Ice Cube has made a caused a stir. And you know, social media is a buzz that social media likes to get over anything that artists like to do. Ice Cube melting. So Ice Cube is melting out. So the contract yeah. for America, Ice Cube uh, presented it to both parties. Mm -hmm. He wanted the reaction of parties. He wanted them to engage him uh, and to see which party is gonna respond to the things that he thinks are needed for black America. Joe Biden uh, told uh, Kanye West, you know what, we're gonna get with you after the election. Kanye West or Ice Cube? Ice Cube, all right, we moved on, we moved on. <laughs> he got all Ice the rappers Cube, in. You know Put them all. Put them all, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, go ahead. But Trump apparently engaged, or Trump's team, did some engagement with Ice Cube, which made Ice Cube feel special. Um, yeah, so what are you Ice doing Cube. Bitch is a bitch remix? I, I think he did, or something like that. He was like, oh, they talked to me, they called me back, kind of yeah. thing. So now Ice Cube is doing tweets trying to say that, you know, uh, one, that the Democrats ignored him. And I think there's some justification for calling out the Democrats who, of course, always want the black vote but don't want to do shit for black people. Right. But I think the big mistake he'd made was that instead of just saying something along the lines, it's like the Democrats are telling me that they're going to make me wait. And I don't like to wait because I think this is important. Trump is uh, responding to me, but I know Trump is basically responding to me because he's placating something to get out of the black vote. He made it sound like it was something really positive and great that, look, they're responding to me, and so they must be interested in black people so as opposed to, to Biden. Up. You know what I'm saying? Now he's trying to clean it up. So, so I, here's the deal right here, man. There has to be, you know, we, we, we need to start a, a fucking uh, hip-hop political advisory. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because a lot of these artists, I think they mean well. Yeah. However, they are apolitical. You understand what I'm saying? You're apolitical and, you, and you're moving off emotions and sensationalism. And that shit sounds good, but in other countries, it gets your fucking head chopped off. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So here in the United States, we think that before you decide to go out publicly and say you represent black people, and not just for artists, but black people as a whole. Mm -hmm. There's too many motherfuckers out here claiming to be leadership for Africans in America. Yeah. When the fact is, uh, not only do we lack leadership, we lack community itself. Most Africans in America don't even know what the fuck community is. You understand what I'm saying? They're clueless about it. You don't even know who the fuck your neighbor is, but you talking about, uh, we need to build up the community. I asked one out of 10 motherfuckers, one out of five, one out of three, or three out of three, yeah. name five of your goddamn neighbors from left to right, and you don't even know their fucking name. Or but they know when there. Ice Cube is thinking about what needs to get done for the black community, as if Ice Cube is somehow, because of his position as a celebrity, right. like you said, like he knows more than community organizers know, than people who write policy know. It's like, why are you depending on Ice Cube to sort of put forth a track for us to go on as a community, right. not knowing where Ice Cube is, as opposed to saying, 
You know, I, like you said, like, you know, it's one thing to have a voice. I think everybody appreciates people speaking out, but it's another thing to think that you're gonna be directing and leading policy when you have not even checked in with what's going on in the ground and what black people well, need and want. I'm gonna say this, there was, and this is facts, there was a certain hip hop artist who reached out to me last month saying that Ice Cube wanted a number of uh, uh, points that he can approach, uh, approach these politicians mm -hmm, with. Mm -hmm. And they asked me to send five points for Ice Cube to uh, represent as black people. And I must say I didn't send those points because first and foremost, I didn't believe the Ice Cube would, be, uh, would have that uh, ability or authority. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I knew that the points I was talking about, I would have to speak to a motherfucker directly yeah. to even explain what it is we talking about or it is sound foreign. Yeah. You know, so um, while he did, and I know this to be factual, he did make a, make a point to reach out to folks who he thought was political in hip hop. You know what I mean? And, and like I said, word did get to mm -hmm, me, but mm -hmm. I mean, you know, if you're not sitting down yeah. with the people in the community, yeah. you know, I can't just send you an email or a text or, or, or a message in a bottle to say, oh, say this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You have to, that's like all these folks running around talking about de um, uh, defunding the police. Defunding or, the yeah. police, but they don't have any politics behind it. They don't understand what defunding is. So as soon as some shit pop off, these rusty ass crackers we be like, see, we told you we need the police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We told you we need the police and Negroes as well. Yeah, yeah people get turned around real fast and right. they, they are not steeped. Because in, they don't have the politics. Yeah, they don't have the politics and not steeped in that history. So, right. yo, that was our what the fuck. Yeah, we gonna come back with another artist. Yes. Who is a, a organizer, a yes. farmer, uh -huh. a radio host. Uh -huh. uh, my understanding related to Walter Rodney. Yes, he, We're gonna come back uh, with brother Ross Kofi. We're gonna talk a little bit with him as we come back on Renegade Coach. Black out. Look at what you made me. Product of your pressure. Made a diamond out of black heat. A rhyme out of right and a fighter out of pacifist. How dare you try to match this miraculous kind of practice? Stand alone, unrivaled at my genius solo actives. What you said you wanted, but I don't think you're ready for this level of incredible. I'm leading the league of extraordinary gentlemen. You Dorian Gray trying to hold on to your innocence. What you thought you made it out? I'm putting you back in. You started the war, now you A-Wall in the action. I'm napalm in your faction with some B-Boys throwing backspins and DJs on the waxes. I'm D-Wade in a heat game with a free aim at the baskets. Just that simple for me. You let your head get blown up because you gassed up by your simple homies. Time to face your sentence, homie. Judgment day is here to turn your pride into repentance, homie. Homie, homie, homie. You ready to get coaching, yo? We back. And we bye, 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 barbecuing with Bobby. Oh, anyway. God damn. Anyway. But y'all don't know. We was just looking up my man Bobby Seale today. <laughs> when we're recording, it's the 54th anniversary of the starting of Black Panthers. 54 year anniversary. Somehow. Black Panther. We got on to Bobby Seale, and you know, for a little while, he was pushing that Bobby barbecue sauce, and some <laughs> people didn't believe it, so we had to pull that shit up. Brother had the barbecue with Bobby two um, years ago. You know what I mean? Shout out to him, the brother's entrepreneurial. He's an entrepreneur. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Well, anyway. You guys are so disrespectful. Oh, God. Anyway. Yo. So, yo, uh, I'll show you. We got a fantastic guest on. Fantastic right. artist. Brother, okay. Brother Raz Kofi's in the house. Raz Kofi's in the building. His brother right here. For those of you that don't know Ross Kofi, the man uh, gave him a little weekend introduction. Oh, here you like, go. He's there. like, brother Ross Kofi's in the house. Well, I was so, hoping you was going to do better this you time. You know what I'm saying? Oh, this my bad. Uh, I was going to do all the stuff that he's done after just oh, saying yeah, it was yeah. Ross Kofi. Okay, the man said he's going to do the stuff he did. Do you, anyway. Okay, do you do it. Anyway, uh -huh. the man, you know what I'm saying? This man right oh, here, here I've been knowing him for quite a while. He oh, went from ashy to classy. You know what I'm saying? They used to call him brother Numpsy, but now they call him Kofi. 
His brother right here is a farmer. Uh huh. He's a per farmer. Uh huh. He's a uh, uh, a priest. He's a uh huh. Uh -huh. Uh, he's a radio host. Uh huh. Um, a civil rights activist, a human rights activist. True. He sells socks on the weekend. Oh goddamn. This brother God. right here, he's the man to plan. What y'all giving for my man, Ross Kofi? Oh yeah. yeah. Bo, bo, bo. Also the Bob Fest. The Bob Fest. Bob Fest. Hey Bob, how you doing? It's good to be amongst the rebels, you know. True. Also true. the Peter Tosh Fest. Yes, sir. Bob Fest. Bush Doctor. And the Tosh Fest. The, bu the, the bu Bush Doctor. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's also the nephew of Walter Rodney, which, which I think uh, for the listeners, mm -hmm. please tell us who Walter Rodney is because there's brothers and sisters that's listening right now that they don't know Walter Rodney from. Uh, they don't. I, they listen, should not be listening to our man, show. Man, listen. Know who the fuck Walter Rodney is. Man, this, this show right here is it's a learning thing. show, brother. They, they, they can learn something. Yes. Oh, there you go. That's right. right. This is rude. Last week, yeah. time I said, it's show 85. You ain't been listening. Fuck you. Damn, brother. Anyway, I know. A little bit better. Bourgeois Negro. Walter Rodney is, and I say is because, you know, he's an ancestor. And in our, in our yes. life, we don't die. We just multiply. Like, real talk. Mm -hmm. um, a historian. Um, a scholar, uh, one of the preeminent scholars of um, his generation, you know, but more importantly for most of us, a warrior scholar, you know, one who took his scholarship to the street and applied his political science in a real life sense, you know, so he was assassinated, he gave up his life, he came back to Guyana after being in Tanzania where he wrote the book, one of his, what they call his seminal book, uh, How Europe Underdeveloped Africa. That's right. He, um, he was first in Jamaica in 1968. A little fact, or most people don't know, this was where Peter Tosh and a lot of the reggae artists that became superstars first were politicized. One of Walter Rodney's legacies was going into the ghetto in Jamaica, mm. into what they call the dungle in the... In the um, uh, there's a word for it now, it'll come to me in a minute, but you know, they, they got him in California, the gully side, you know, yeah. and speaking with the Rastafari as well as other people and teaching African history. So what I'm saying is his whole legacy was taking his scholarship outside of the ivy walls and outside of the, the walls of academia, really applying it, mm. you know, amongst the grassroots. So in 1968, he was banned for his activity. He went to a black writers conference in, um, in I think, Montreal, and uh, upon returning, he was banned. And during that time, we were told that Peter Tosh actually became even more politicized, and you know, and his birthday is coming up this this, this strong, and as we were speaking, sure. but became more politicized and actually ran one of the buses that was taking people back and forth to the, what was called the Rodney riots, you know, mm. uh, you know, bringing the reinforcements. But yeah, Walter Rodney was assassinated in 1980 after returning to Guyana in the, about the 74, I believe, and became a member of the Working People's Alliance. Uh, which my Baba uh, UC Quiana was a part as well, and they just formed something called the Civil Rebellion. It was a really serious time in Caribbean politics, and especially in Guyana, as um, an African opposition or a multiracial really opposition to an African dictatorship. Mm -hmm. You know, which was a real contradiction that a lot of the Pan-African world had to catch up with later on about the reality of Forbes Burnham, yeah. because he had you know the talk. He had the rhetoric of a Pan-Africanist. Mm -hmm. right. And he actually did put money in the African liberation movements, too. Mm -hmm. But at home, he was a terrorist to his own people. So in a nutshell, that's who Walter Rodney is. And I want to point out. Good. That was damn good, brother. Yes, good nutshell. I want to point out 
when you talk about the assassination of Walter Rodney, Walter Rodney was murdered in a in a in a car bombing. Yes. So when you talk about assassination, it's not just you know he was shot or stabbed or whatever. They went to extreme lengths to take this brother out. You know what I'm saying? And um, uh, the book that he mentioned, that uh, Kofi mentioned, uh, how Europe um, underdeveloped uh, Africa. You need to really check that out. That's one of the books that's important when you're talking about yeah. political education. Sure. Walter Rodney is definitely one of the heroes from Guyana, sure. along with folks like Maurice Bishop from Granada. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We got to think outside the box and see some of these revolutionary freedom fighters who've been putting in work for years. Yeah. Anyway, you so hear brother, today. brother Kofi, you um, you're you know you've in some ways continued the legacy of, of being a freedom fighter and organizer. And I think one of the things that you are sort of most prominently work on is sustainable sort of living and farming. Uh, and before we came on, you was telling us a little bit how you started or started working with Shamba Farms. Can you mm. give us a little background on Shamba Farms? Yeah, Shamba, <coughs> Shamba is um, a continuation. You know, first of all, I want to say that life is a farm. If we can just set that as a kind of a, as something we can agree on, even just if you humor me for the next few mm -hmm. minutes. Life is a farm. That's an extended metaphor. So the, the reality of agriculture, the fundamental principles of agriculture are the same fundamental principles of community life, mm -hmm. which is what I know we're all about here, you know what I mean? Yeah. So the reason I put it like that is because it's very important to know that what we're involved in is a return to our nature instead of some learning some new science and breaking atoms and bending, you know, the elements and, you know, going against the grain. We're mm -hmm. actually going with the natural flow. And, you know, not to necessarily date this interview, but, you know, we, we, we're in the midst of a global pandemic, mm -hmm. which has more than so many honorable revolutionaries and, 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 and healers and, 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 you know, visionaries have attempted to do for years, just switch the whole paradigm of things, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Got people really still, got people really reflective in a certain way. Yeah, yeah. So that's the background. So Shamba is just a continuation of that legacy. Mm -hmm. um, Shamba is a Kiswahili word which means cultivating ground, mm -hmm. right? So, and but the, the thing about the Shamba, the, the connotation of it is not just a place where vegetables grow, but where community is. Mm -hmm. You know, and the space where we're farming right now actually was established by uh, an elder who is now transitioned. Funny enough, she transitioned six days before my mother transitioned the yeah. same year. My mom, Melinda Williams. Mm -hmm. And she was very intentional about having a place where African people could farm as well as gather, you know. Mm -hmm. So we have continued that uh, legacy. My partner and I, Queen Yen, mm -hmm. uh, took over the place in uh, March. Uh, March the 7th, we had a, a soft grand opening, mm. and the next week, a global pandemic was declared. So, yeah. mm. it's nothing that's new to us. We're not new to it. I want to give a shout out to my mother who really established this fire in my belly from knee high. Yeah. You know, and we came to American political exile from the same Guyana when things got after Uncle Walter was murdered. My fought my brother um, transitioned, and many things were going on. My mother was brutalized by the police, mm. and she came up back to her roots just for a treatment, a medical treatment, and decided, you know, they, they made the decision, my f father and her made the decision for us to stay here, where it would be safer and for her to be able to just make a living, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so my mama, you know, during that time we were here in the school days, we weren't into farming and all that, but you know, we, when I became a father, it just instant kicked in, right there in the West End, you know? Yeah. Right there in the West End. The ear doctor knows what I'm talking about. Right across yeah. from Imam Jamil's masjid, you know, right there at the corner of Oak and Dargan. We started a family and then naturally 
we got to grow chickens, we got to raise chickens, we got to grow a garden in the, in the yard, I mean, naturally, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So instinct kicked in. So Shamba is, um, again, cultivating ground, and we have, we have not stopped mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. since, you know, that whole thing about quarantine and chill, you know, they do that in another 100 degrees of separation. We, we, you, know, uh, you know, that's not our reality, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but I'm really grateful because one of the things that we've been working on for decades is the whole, the bridging, the connection. A lot of times you can attest to the fact that most HBCUs, for instance, are right in the midst of the hood. But there's so little work, mm -hmm. relatively speaking, that all these brains that are being yeah, yeah, cultivated, yeah. minds that are being cultivated, actually are able to, to um, significantly do right there in that same place. Right. But it's the same thing with urban agriculture. You know, it's the same thing with urban agriculture. So that's steady the fire that's in us to, to engage the community. Yeah. And that's what we have seen, you know, done, you know, all day. People from the hood, y'all got some of that seaweed? Yeah, Looking yeah. for sea moss, you know, and, and, and immune boosters and, and touching the soil and getting back to, again, yeah. what our nature is. So y'all, you say y'all do chickens over there? Hmm? Not right now, you know. Oh, no, I, I was talking about. I would have been over there yesterday. I was talking about with my youth. I was talking about with my youth. But we have, but I don't have them right now. No, we don't have any raising chickens. So this has been a good interview, but we're about to fuck it up because we're about to do a bold question. So a bold, this is called Naka's Nonsense. And we asked Naka to come up with a question uh, just because he's not that well educated, maybe real. Um, and in here, we asked the artist to pull and answer a question from the bowl, all right? So you're a little far, but I'm a, yeah, my brother's server is going to step in Miss, here. Yeah. Yeah, you're, gonna, you're taking up the whole goddamn camera <laughs> space right there. So there's a bunch of questions in there. You pull one out, just take one of the thousands of questions that's in that bowl, and you read it to us. Um, and Ain't no telling what this dude wrote. No, so. yeah, I, I take no response. It might be like, uh, if you smoke uh, yeah. Seaweed. You gonna, yeah. you gonna let them read it? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Voice Brown education. The question, the question, hey, don't, don't trip on Mo Brown. That's, thank that's, you. That's, oh, my that's, bad. That's, that's, that's a legacy right there. That's right. Oh, what is man. the most nutritional food, a.k.a. superfruit? And the nutritional fruit, a.k.a. superfruit. You had to read, look at it. It's, yeah. it's proud, it's furred. He's like, what the fuck is he saying? Brother um, said, okay. That's a good question. Come on. I, I can't say, I honestly was, can say, definitively one thing, but one of the first things I would think of is blueberries. Mm. Blueberries is an antioxidant right. and a very nutritional food, you know, very nutritional food. Got a lot of minerals in it. But you got, you got to tell him you're talking about the fruit and not now ladies, because he thinks you're <laughs> Alexander the Great, you know what I'm saying? I got some, I'm trusting You remember Jingles? Nah. Oh, that's why his teeth yeah. fucked up now. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yo, so we gonna come back and Brother Vos Kofi gonna um, do a little something something for us. Uh, we wanna thank everybody who Maxwell, came out. Tell us some something something. We'll do a little something something. Something something. Yeah. Hey, and, and real anyway. quick, can we, uh, how can we get some of those uh, culture based shirts? Cause those are dope. Word, word. Yeah, give a thing. At the Shamba, you know, and online. Um, okay. Our website is ondafarm.com. O N D A F A R M. Underfarm. And then, yeah, on, on the IG, you can just hit us up at Shamba, S H A M B A dot ATL, and it'll take you to the whole the link for everything. But we, we got the, the newest latest for the autumn, the autumn drip, you know, the farm okay. fresh drip. Right. Man, so you got so, the farm uh, fresh drip. Right. Of course. Okay? Right. Let them know. Let's do it. Only noobs can do that. Sorry, he's been smoking. Yo, Renegade Culture, <laughs> thank y'all for joining us. Peace. Black Eye. <laughs> yeah.
Rhythm and life the boss All of the ghetto youth all over the world In our culture we trust Renegade Lyrical confrontation for right Meltdown oppressor with sound Fire testify for the poor man Babylon you cheer gone down, gone down Trotting with a dreadful fire inside Man a man a rally round Black black stone of salvation Black liberation sound It is a black liberation sound everybody Black liberation sound It is a black liberation sound Black liberation It is a article sound, Zion sound Artificial sound, Zion broke that down People gather round and don't you bother be no clown Down here in the valley of the dry dry bone Wanna build a temple when you remember home Zion in a vision, I will no longer roam Front face and my choir, Zion telephone Set it up, we cut it up, feed the youth them in a row Word sound and power upon the crow microphone I rate a black sound in a Babylon town So James Brown sound, a payback sound First poet sound, that a father sound Popeye sound, that a gargant sound And that the cool herd did not set up a sound Rhythm and blues playing in the boogie down Black liberation sound It is a lyrical confrontation for right Meltdown oppressor with sound Fire testify for the poor man Babylon you cheer can down, can down Trading with a dreadful fire inside Man a man a rally round around Black black stone of salvation Black liberation sound It's a black liberation sound everybody Black liberation sound It is a black liberation sound Sing Black liberation sound it is a black liberation sound, yeah! Black liberation sound! We're stepping up the Black Panther Party for self-defense original, vanguard of the revolution and all the youth there before and after. We're standing up strong in this time, see? It's liberation, it's liberation, it's pan-Africanism or perish. And we say much respect to the renegade culture. This is Rasko for the farmer, see? Come check me upon the farm, can we dare build up the civilization of the new nation, see? Respect you. Oh,